Marcus steps up and buries it. This will be a wonderful goal. You're listening to the ESPN Footy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the ESPN Footy Pod and this very impressive grand final spectacular. We're very excited to be filming and recording today in studio to talk about what was an unbelievable week of prelim finals. We have a grand final to talk about, which we're very excited about, and we've got the W Awards to talk about. So we can't wait. Before we begin, though, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For this big finals extravaganza I'm calling it you've got me Marissa Lordanik and Imogen Evans so Imo the week of footy it was pretty good yeah it was very good yeah it just keeps getting better doesn't it, it as we get really down to the does. better teams yeah you've got no other choice but to watch some good footy honestly that is how it feels so we had our two prelim finals as I said we had Brisbane defeating Geelong by four points on Saturday and then the absolute nail-biter that was North Melbourne holding on by a point to get up over the Crows. But we've got to begin with the Brisbane-Geelong game because that's what happened first. First and foremost, when we were talking about this last week in terms of preview, we were all worried that maybe Brisbane would have it their own way very easily and Geelong wouldn't be able to kind of stack up. But that wasn't the case. So what impressed you especially about Geelong keeping keeping up with the Lions, because we didn't really expect that to be the case. Yes. Um, I think that one of Brisbane's weapons is their pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can match Brisbane in the pressure, then it becomes a much more even contest. And I feel like Geelong did that super well, and I think that ultimately contributed to how well they did on the day. They did. They were fantastic. It was a spicy contest as well. Um, I think it was Kathy Spark was given a bit of afters after a a Mm. tackle she didn't like. And even just like a Geelong player would score a goal and then as she's walking back, there was bumps here and bumps there. Um, It was a lot of fun. Can we maybe see a a bit of a rivalry brewing if Geelong are able to continue their winning ways? I totally think most teams have a rivalry with Brisbane, (laughs) if I'm being totally honest with you. They're just mad respect. Everyone in the competition respects them because they are such a good side, but they have some characters and Mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen, isn't it? But I remember Dakota Davidson was going for a mark in their goals when Mm -hmm. she went smack bang into the middle of the post. And the Geelong player was like kindly offering her a hand up and I don't think she took it. I think she just stood up and was like, nah. And I was like... I don't know how, I'd just be like cutthroat, like, it's all right, I'm not going to offer that to you again. They're built different up there, but they were were fantastic and there were a lot of standout performers in this game because, as I said, Geelong were able, like, the Lions got off to the quick start, but Geelong never really let them out of their sights. They did lead at a couple of stages as well, so it was a close, entertaining contest. Which players stood out to you? Um, It's annoying because you talk about them every week, but, like, (laughs) The midfield of Geelong just, they did their job and they did their job excellently on the weekend. I think, again, Maddie Prisparkis, Gunn, mm-hmm. Nina Morrison, Gunn. Georgie, I, not Maddie. Oh. <laughs> Georgie, to I'm be fair, so they're sorry. both very good. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, anyways, but I thought, um, oh, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I'm gone. Geelong midfield, very good. Georgie, yes. Amy McDonald, Anina Morrison. Yep. Phenomenal. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, Chloe Shear. Chloe Shear, yeah. 
coming back from Ridiculous. a fractured shoulder. Ridiculous. To roost that footy that far and accurately around the body. We were talking about it before we've hit record and it was just like, you have a hairline fracture in your collarbone. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be playing probably, let alone roosting it from 45 uh, metres out. Yes. It's I think she also got insane. crunched mm. in a tackle and then just got straight back up and I was like, she's on. Tougher than me, I'll tell you that mm. much for free. Yeah. Um, she did have the goal, but Jack Parry was really the, the goal scorer mm. for the Cats. She was absolutely sensational. Um, but some of these Brisbane Lions were just unbelievable. And there were two that I wanted to highlight in particular, Beldors and Allero Dwyer. Like, I feel like Beldors has had maybe a breakout kind of season and Allero Dwyer seems to just always be... Like, even her bad games are probably better than mm. most other people's. Um, did you? Were you equally as impressed as I was by these two? I'm so glad that you brought up Beldors because mm. I think that she isn't spoken about enough. Like, mm. she's kind of a similar to like the Tom Mitchell kind of type of player, like she's real in and under and she's mm. able to serve or just service those outside midfielders of Brisbane who like hold their layers so well. She's so clean. Her skills are so silky. Like I'd, her disposals are just, I rate her so highly mm. and I think she had an awesome game and Ulla Dwyer is just a freak, like an excellent runner and skills getting better every year mm-hmm. and like we spoke about before like the timing of one of these runs like straight through the so Geelong good. opposition open goal square slotted the goal like she was so good I think the most impressive thing about that all goal was just like it was the combination of obviously the smarts the timing but then the strength to just shrug people off and the knowledge to know when to really turn on the accelerator and when to back off so she was phenomenal she had 21 disposals 556 meters gained and that goal so she was fantastic and Beldor's 13 tackles like you were talking about Brisbane's pressure she was absolutely a leader in mm. that sense of applying the pressure to the cats so we know then there was some concern for the Lions in this game. We talked about her briefly, Dakota Davidson. Um, at the end of the third quarter, I think it was, was kind of clutching her knee. Yep. Um, we know that scans have re- revealed no major ligament damage, which is good. Doesn't necessarily mean she's in for the grand final, though. So how big a loss could she potentially be for this Brisbane Lions side? I think that she would be a huge loss. Mm -hmm. I think that she's integral to their forward structure. She's often the one main person they're looking for when they go inside 50. Just because she's a powerhouse, she can score from almost anywhere. Great set shot. Obviously an excellent marker. Mm -hmm. So to not have her down forward would, yeah, I think that'd be a real weakness for the Lions. Especially, um, like, with the trajectory of the North Melbourne forward at the moment. Like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll be in some strife. It would be. I think she's now like the league leading contested mark taker as well. So like she's got the hands, she's got the accuracy, mm. she's massive. And then we know that obviously it works so well for Brisbane when you've got the talls and the smalls working together. So there's always goals coming for the Lions. So we hope that she kind of gets through and is able to play because obviously that's going to make it an excellent contest if she yeah. is able to play. You'd also hate to miss the grand final, oh, yeah. like to play every game like Dan McStay this year, mm-hmm. like absolutely gut-wrenching. So yeah, wish her all the best. Definitely. We don't want, we would like to avoid those kind of storylines yes. if we can. But we were saying that, you know, Geelong, it was so excellent that they have 
they were able to stick with the Lions in this game. And we assume, and we could probably talk about it just quickly, that they're going to be back next season. They're going to be in finals once again and maybe able to push a little bit further. Do you see anything like obvious that they have to change to take that step and get into the grand final? Or is it just unlucky on this occasion? Let's go again next season. Um, I think, you know, like to you've got to build upon every season no matter the team. Like, But I honestly think it's just going to be developing the... They are a younger side. Mm. So it's going to be, a, I think, come down to experience and just, yeah, continual growth of footy knowledge and understanding, especially in those big games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I certainly think that their time will come soon. It definitely will, and there's probably a really good example for that in this other prelim final where North Melbourne had their time finally come. They made it to their first ever grand final with that one-point win over the Crows. That was a stressful last quarter. I literally said to you before we started, I am not a North Melbourne fan, but I was there like heart-pounding, like sweat dripping down my forehead, freaking out stressed by how intense this last quarter was. How did North Melbourne hold on? Well, the amount of points they scored in that fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. I am not sure. (laughs) I would have been very aggro, I think, if I was in that side. Like, just be like, come on, let's just... Just one of you needs to come back. Yeah. Um, But it's just like the desperation. You've just got to be so desperate and just go that extra mile to just secure the ball. Yeah, it was an outstanding game of footy like it was just enjoyable to watch both sides were really excellent it was very much the Daniel Ponta show for the Crows she had scored I think they said 75% of all of their goals because she had three really early on and then North had so many contributors but one player that I feel like we need to zero in on is Jenna Bruton her third quarter was outstanding Mm. What impressed her? Brett impressed you rather about her in that third quarter in particular. I don't even know how to summarize <laughs> it. Like she just kind of, she took us like a took a leap, mm-hmm. and I just thought her performance overall with like skills, execution, timing, all that kind of stuff was just on par with the best of the competition, and I think it obviously clearly showed. It really did. It was 13 disposals in that quarter alone and four inside 50s, 28 disposals for the game. It was just, I think we put it on ESPN.com.au that she went beast mode and I feel like that's probably the easiest way to describe it. But obviously it wasn't just her, it was all of the usual suspects. Was there anyone in particular that really had a good game from the Ruse perspective? Talia Randall. She is a dominant force. (laughs) I would hate to be defending her. Like, the way she's able to even just create separation from her direct opposition, like, textbook. Um, And I think that if she's on on the weekend, she's going to be able to really assist North to the first premiership. A hundred percent. She makes marking look easy, but it's because she does get that separation yeah. where she's not going for contested marks because she's done kind of the work beforehand mm. and she's so impressive. She was one that had, I think, two behinds in that last quarter and like she had scored two goals for the game. So it wasn't yeah. like she hadn't done her job, but just one more goal would have been yeah. settled a lot of North uh, nerves, I reckon. But like I said, this North story really is... It's just a good story. Maybe you hate North Melbourne, but it is a good story. Like, they lost the prelim last season. They lost a qualifying final season six and a qualifying final season five. So they've always been there in and around. 
how important, how cool is it that now they can actually say they've made it, they've crossed that final hurdle and they're into the game that they always wanted to be in? Well, it's, I guess it's kind of reflects the improvement of all the teams mm. in AFLW. Like, North's always been knocking on the door and finally yeah, they've been able to 100%. knock it down. Um, and I think that's kind of an entrance into the future of AFLW and mm. soon, hopefully, we've got more teams vying for these top spots to make the league more interesting and fun to watch. But I was watching the shorts of, like, tagged something like a podcast that AFLW girls do with Ruby and Sarah Hosking, um, Ruby Slasher. Um, And they were like asking all the girls in the car, but they're like, who's going to win? And the overwhelming overwhelming majority of girls were saying North Melbourne. And Mm. it's not all because everyone doesn't like, (laughs) maybe. Um, But I think it's just a story that everyone kind of wants to unfold. You know, Brisbane have been there five times. This is North's first. Yeah. I mean, it's a cliche, but it'd be a bit of a fairy tale ending, you'd say. It would be a fairy tale, um, but it could also be a horror story um, <laughs> in the sense. But also, no, okay, well, that was a very bad segue to a tweet from ESPN's uh, Matt Walsh. The Grim Reaper meme? I saw that and I <laughs> felt uncomfortable. I, I was like, this is very dark. This is very dark. And I just had to scroll past. I didn't even like it. I just kept going. Our senses of humour. I laughed. I thought it was <laughs> It took me a second to like fully understand the meme and I was like, what? What, what is it? Why is he boasting about the Grim Reaper? What was yeah. like, why is there so much violence? If you're listening and you don't know what the Grim Reaper meme is, basically there's three doors of the Grim Reaper and North Melbourne's logo has been stuck on the Grim Reaper, but behind the first two doors have been Melbourne and Adelaide because those are the two teams in the big three that they've beaten and the final door has the Brisbane Lions logo. So it is... It, it does, even if it is dark, it does encapsulate the kind of story of North Melbourne of like they've always been behind these three teams and there is now a very good chance that they could knock them off in consecutive finals to win a maiden flag, which is a very cool story. Very satisfying. It would be so satisfying, but it's also a very good way to actually talk about this grand final that we have coming up on Sunday at 2.30 at Princess Park, North Melbourne and Brisbane. It's officially a sellout, which is massive for starters but the main question is who is going to win this game and why again I'm gonna have to go with North Melbourne Mm. I just think they're on a roll I think um they've proved that they can stand up to those dominant sides um and I think that this opportunity is something that they've waited for for a very long time and I think that they're ready to kind of take that next step and take it to Brisbane it's in Melbourne Mm -hmm. they'll have probably somewhat of a home crowd. Um, I just think there's a lot of elements to the day and their side and the momentum that will fall in their favour. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really close game. Like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I'm going to tip Brisbane if Davidson plays. That's like my little Mm -hmm. asterisk. I think if Davidson plays, Brisbane will win. If she doesn't, then it's probably opened up a little bit more for North Melbourne. But um, I don't know about you, looking at these two sides, it does feel like they're really evenly matched across every line. Like we've really watched North's defence with like your Jazz Ferguson and your Sarah Wright really step up this season. Mm. For Brisbane, you've always got a Brie Conan back there who just knows what Mm. to do. The two midfields are ridiculous. And then up forward, obviously, we've got your tall timbers, your small forwards. 
Is there any kind of line where you can see it being the decider? I think you're right. Like, mm. and it also depends who turns up on the day. Yeah. Like, on paper, both sides line up pretty fairly equally against each other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if someone's having a bad day, the nerves of the occasion get the best of them, then I think it'll be obvious, yeah, whose weaknesses get shown. But I do agree with you that it definitely won't be a blowout. Yeah. Are there any players who you're like, she looks like she's just built for a grand final. I can't wait to watch her. We've spoken about her already, but <laughs> Belle Dawes. Yeah. Like, she's a little sassy, like, <laughs> ball of energy, and I just think that she brings a lot to the side um, and does a lot of the hard yards, um, and I reckon she's been waiting for this for practically ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be such a good game, and we know it is going to be close because these two teams met in round four, and it was Brisbane getting up by only two points. So they've got the form of close games. It's going to be excellent. I actually genuinely can't wait to watch it. But obviously grand final week in Melbourne begins with the Best and Fairest Awards, and we had those last night. So let's talk a little bit about the W Awards because there were some interesting uh, winners. So straight off the bat, best and fairest, Mon Conti. Yeah. Surprise? I I did really think Jasmine Garner was going to win. Mm. Um, she's just been unbelievable this season. But I also think Mon Conti is an absolute gun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, when I when I saw heard, I was surprised. Yes, yeah, it's. It's funny because there's nothing wrong with Conti winning. Like, she's absolutely a deserved winner. But yeah. that initial thing, you were like, Jazz Garner's just won the AFL Coaches Association Award. Um, you assume she'll be ranking quite highly in the AFLPA uh, Champion Player Award and stuff. Like, she's done so well this season, but she wasn't even polling best on grounds, according to the umpires. So, like, the discrepancy between what everyone else was seemingly seeing out of Jazz Garner and what the umpires were was a bit confusing, I suppose. Like, for her, I think she ended up finishing seventh, um, which just seemed really off. Yeah, I was, like, searching for her name in the final standings, <laughs> and I was like, why am I scrolling so far down? This is it's too many scrolls, too I many like, scrolls. I was like, what is happening? But there was an interesting, like topic in the office this morning and they were saying like and then we can even kind of come back to that tweet that we spoke about before but like Jazz Garner essentially kind of shares her midfield with some other absolute mm-hmm. guns yep. whereas Mon Conti is kind of the outstanding midfielder of yes. Richmond and there's like a pretty fair gap between your best and your second um so we're talking about sharing votes Yes. And I'm, how you don't want to. <laughs> I'm getting the tweet up now. It was from a man named Callum out on the internet. And basically he was Shout saying... Shout out Callum <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> I hope you listen to the podcast. Otherwise, this is really proper. But um, basically, Garner and Riddell had 30 votes combined last night. Hatchard and Marinoff, another midfield duo, 24 votes combined. Conti on her own, 23 votes combined. Mm. So it is... And it also helps that, I suppose, Richmond didn't have the best season, but won enough games as well. Because obviously, um, if it was just you're a good player that has no one else helping you, Ellie Blackburn would probably be winning this award because the Doggies were not good this season. But it was 
she was the standout player in a team that did enough yep. to get wins and for her kind of brilliance, I suppose, to be recognised. Um, she did have a very good year, though. So she was averaging, averaging 28.5 disposals, a competition high, 7.3 clearances and 5.8 tackles a game. So she was... She's a deserved winner. She is a very good player. She's only 23, which makes me feel ancient. Um, but she is a good player. She does deserve it. But there was definitely a lot of question marks online about how has Jazz Garner not been maybe second to her or third to her? Like, how has this been how the votes actually shake out? Um, we will also just talk about some of the other awards that were given out last night. So rising star Zali Goldsworthy. My thought process, she beat Ali Morfitt from the Swans by one vote. I feel like if Ali Morfitt had won by one vote of Zali Goldsworthy, no one would have batted an eyelid either. Like I feel like mm. either player could have been the winner and no one would have said anything because they were both so good. I agree. My one claim to fame as I actually played under 15s with both of them representing New South Wales. Very nice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, a star-studded class. Yeah. <laughs> but I totally agree. Yeah. yeah, I think it was such a shame that Ali Morford broke her wrist. Yeah. Um, she was on something. Um, but, yeah, equally, Zali Goldsworthy just dominated in that giant side, um, scoring goals consistently mm -hmm. and playing good footy consistently. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things Young as well, like second year in the competition yeah. for both. Yeah. Um, to play, to pl start playing consistent footy in a in a competition that's ten rounds long. Mm -hmm. Neither side, apart from the Swans making finals this year, like that's not a lot of games to develop your craft. Yeah. And I guess for them to have such dominance so early is very impressive. That's and also, I guess it just. Again, alludes to the emerging talent coming through because girls are playing since they're five now. Yeah. Like, the future of the competition, I reckon, is scary. It's massively exciting that these are the girls are coming through and you yeah. can only imagine they're going to get better and better as they come through. So we've definitely not hit the ceiling of, like, young players and the extent of talent, which is very exciting. We already knew that the leading goal kickers were Eden Zanka and Kate Hoare, both from Melbourne. I liked on, on the um, stage they were like, oh, do one of you wishes, did one of you wish that you had kicked one more goal so you had this on your own? And I think it was Kate Hall said, I wish I had kicked one less so I that know. Eden Zanka would have the award by herself. And I'm like, that's captain behaviour. I that's know. I was like, that behavior. is the nicest thing ever. <laughs> it's so sweet. She said it with real sincerity <laughs> yeah. as well. Is that a word? Sincer yeah. yeah. Sincerity. And I was like, <laughs> I totally believe her. Yeah. Yeah, I totally reckon she would have. I loved it. It was so cute. And then obviously we had Mark of the Year, that ridiculous Courtney Hodder grab from behind. Just courageous is basically like the only word for mm. it. It was so good. Um, goal of the Year, that Caitlin Greiser goal from the boundary for Richmond. Absolutely sensational. Um, and I suppose the biggest thing from the All-Australian squad, Emma Carney has made every single All-Australian squad that has ever existed in AFLW. What an award to have. I'd get that tattooed. <laughs> that is unreal. See, I feel like you need to wait till your playing career's over because what about if she makes nine All-Australians, yeah. ten All-Australians? You don't want to be the person that's, like, crossing out the numbers. Yeah, like, that's fair enough. I yeah. just think of those um, the people who feel really good about their team at the start of the year and they get the really early premiership tat and then it's like, not this year, oopsie. Um, but that's 
neither here nor there. Yeah, we don't no. need to get into that. But no, it was a great night. Favourite look? We were talking, we were basically like, this is the Australian Met Gala. What was your favourite look of the evening? This is like my, like that TikTok trend's like, this is my favourite question. <laughs> I was like, this is one of the things I love to do. Mm -hmm. So I've done some extensive notes. Oh boy. Um, but I won't bore everyone. <laughs> but firstly, Charlotte Mullins played in Queensland with her. Mm -hmm. um, she wore Burks. Now, Charlotte, if you're watching, I think that you probably could have, you know, matched the dress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But... Look, grand final coming up, I'll understand keeping your feet comfortable. I'll let you go. Secondly, two girls from Frio wore the same dress. <laughs> you mentioned this. I mean, it's like understandable if two girls from two different teams wear the same dress. Yeah. I mean, go for it. Yeah. Slay. But two for one deal, who knows? They yeah, were out maybe, shopping together and maybe. it was like, it looks good on both of us. Let's With, go. Yeah, inflation at this rate. Maybe I would do the same. Because he lives crisis. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but I do think my best would have to be between Taylor Harris mm. and Nell Morris Dalton. They both looked just cooler than I'll ever be. Yes, That's... I totally agree. It was just like <laughs> envy. I was just like, I want to look the like The vibes, yeah. absolutely yeah. immaculate. I was saying to you, I'm a big fan of the power suit. Yes. So uh, Maddie Prisparkas and Cody Jacks absolutely nailed it Served. with the power suits. I was like, yes, slay to use one of your <laughs> favourite words. Um, <laughs> and we also spoke a little bit, uh, concerning the amount of footwear in this chat, uh, Ruby Schleicher's thongs. Yeah. You mentioned that maybe it's like, injury driven or and you know yeah. there's a reason to it i was just like why is she wearing thongs on the red carpet that's i did i initially i was like what are those <laughs> and then i thought yeah. she does have a knee brace on yeah. and i was thinking like i can't work walk in heels mm -hmm. as it is yeah so i can't imagine trying to like walk in heels with a knee brace that's like restricting your movement yes so I, yeah ruby i understand we're giving the thongs a pass after um Emo's basically intervention, basically. <laughs> but um, it's a fun week. It's a fun night. Um, our very own Sarah Burt and Isadora McClay were yes. there looking lovely, looking stunning. Um, so they had a fun night. Everyone seemed to have a fun night. But now we kind of move into the real stuff, which is the grand final. So like I said, North Melbourne and the Brisbane Lions on Sunday, 2.30pm. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you all next week to talk all about it and dissect what is going to be an excellent game. But remember, get your footy tips in. If you want to read any AFL content, AFLW, AFL, whatever, head over to espn.com.au. But we will see you all next week to talk AFLW Grand Final. Don't miss another episode of the ESPN Footy Pod by subscribing wherever you stream your podcasts.